This is the Get Out of Here Baldy Podcast, episode 25, January 24, 2023. Today we have a new segment called Baldy of the Week. You're just going to have to wait to find out who our inaugural Baldy of the Week is. National Day celebration, January 24th, is Paul Pitcher Day. It's a celebration in the United Kingdom on the eve of the conversion of St. Paul. This one is certainly interesting. This day in history, January 24th, 1984, Apple Computer Inc. unveils its revolutionary Macintosh personal computer. We talk a little bit about Pastor Ben's message last Sunday and some upcoming events. Thanks for joining us today on this podcast. We're so thankful for all of our baldy buddies. And now, friends, let's go get this bread. They're Ben and Aaron. And they love sharing about their love for Jesus and food covered in cheeses. Weird news, history, sports regale from a generation raised playing Oregon Trail. National celebrations almost every day. There's only one thing I have to say. Don't you point or stare at their lack of hair. Yes, they're follically challenged, so sing along with the biblical Baldy Ballad. Get out of here, Baldy. Get out of here, Baldy. If you don't know what I mean, read 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 23. Get out of here, Baldy. Get out of here, Baldy. If you don't know what I mean, if you don't know what I mean. Come and take a listen to your two bald kings. What's up, baldy buddies? We're on take 17 here this morning. <laughs> we're having some SD card trouble, but you're here, and we're getting it. It's going. It's going. It's not giving us any problems. Mm-hmm. Welcome to another episode of the Get Out of Here Baldy podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, Aaron Michelle, and I'm joined with my friend and colleague and boss, Pastor, so many roles this guy plays in my life. Pastor Ben Hitzfield. Appreciate that. Thank Welcome, you. brother. Good morning. Good to see you, Aaron. How was uh, how was your uh, Monday since we didn't see each other yesterday? Dude, Monday was pretty good. Quiet, actually. Um, my sons had, I think, pretty good days at school. My my oldest came home just beaming. He had a math review and a donut. He thinks he scored really well on that, so that'd be good. A math review and a donut. And yeah, that was like a, that was the morning for him. So sounds like a good morning. Yeah, we yeah, it was a good day. Did you get any rest? Um, you can't turn it off. You can't mm, turn the brain off. Can't turn the brain off. But I did. Uh, I, I did go to Panera and I got a blueberry muffin, which I enjoy those very much. And uh, I put some coolant in the car. Uh, you <laughs> so watched a little bit of TV, and uh, so yeah, I mean it was it was as relaxing, you know, as as you can. Mm-hmm. You just now you gotta get gotta turn the brain off from time uh, to time. It's so. hard. Yeah. It is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I wanted to start a new segment mm. because I, love, I, love I don't it. know why I didn't think of this earlier, to be honest. This but we we're we we're gonna highlight a baldy of the week. <laughs> Each and every week. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, Let's and do so it. I want to start with one of my yeah. all-time favorites. Okay. Charlie Brown. Legend. A legend. Yeah. In fact, I want to get a shirt <laughs> to make myself look like Charlie Brown. 
<laughs> but do you like the Peanuts is just a wonderful comic strip. They've also done a number of kind of like uh, animated cartoons. Yeah. So do you have anything that's just your favorite Peanut either comic strip mm-hmm. or um, I know that you've mentioned uh, some other things once in a while. So yeah, I absolutely love the um, the, the cartoons, but you know the ones that are played at the holidays. So um, Charlie Brown uh, Halloween. What's what's the title of that one? Oh um, come on! You, you oh this gosh. is the one I thought of when yeah. you when you told me. Yeah, the Great Pumpkin. The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. <laughs> oh, it's the Great Pumpkin. So that's that's a tradition. There is is watching that on Christmas Eve or on a Christmas. It's <laughs> <laughs> a mess today, man. Uh, but with, with Eliana watching that on on sure. Halloween and uh, and and then uh, of course uh, you know. The, the Christmas special as well. So, is there a Thanksgiving <clears throat> one? There is a, a okay. Thanksgiving one because I I feel like there's this scene that I have in my mind where they're singing like over the maze and to the grandmother's house. Okay. We go. Is that uh-huh. like a thing? So I just I, just I think that oh, okay. I, I probably if I'm such a big fan of Charlie Brown, I probably need to watch that one. But that's the one that you know I'm just least familiar with. Well, and I think I am too. But it's like I must have heard it once or twice. It was enough to in. Mm ingrain that song yeah. a little bit in my brain, which is kind of funny. I, I think one of the saddest things right now is that they used to play those on on cable where, where anybody could watch that, yeah. right? But nowadays, because of streaming services, everybody wants to have something that's exclusive to them. So mm. if you want to watch it, you have to at least get a month subscription or you know pay for a su- subscription mm. for the day or whatever it is, right? And I think that's one of the biggest travesties when it comes to stuff like like especially like this, like generational mm. shows that our parents watched, our grandparents probably watched, uh, that we watched as kids, and we want our kids to watch. It should just be accessible to anybody turning on their TV. When does this become public domain? Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm so I, I just I think that's in fact in 2020, uh, the year of uh, when we had the pandemic, that was the first year that they took uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas, and they said this is just going to be on Apple TV because Apple TV owns the rights to those. And so there was such a large outcry against it because we're like, listen, folks, we're going through a worldwide, a global pandemic, and you're taking something that means so much to us, and you're you're just you're just putting it for those who want to have an Apple TV. And so they actually retracted it mm-hmm. and made it available on cable. Uh, but since then, 2021, and since you have to either, and we have the DVDs. So anyway, but. Well, maybe we need to break into a lab and start another global pandemic so we can get free, <laughs> free Charlie Brown. Free Charlie Brown. <laughs> That's probably terrible. So do you have... My, what, my what favorite bits are with uh, Lucy and Charlie. And I mean, the football one's really good, but the doctor <laughs> is in. Okay. The doctor okay. is in bits where she gives advice. And I don't know why those resonate with me, yeah. but I think as a pastor, a lot of time... Um, I've been given advice over the years or had conversations with people where it's like, I just read my Bible and I know that this is really, really bad advice. Yeah. So I don't, there's yeah. something about her that just like that and Charlie Brown just going, oh my gosh, this is like the face palm yeah. uh, advice. And there's something about that that just resonated with me. 
um, over the years. And so those are some of my yeah. favorite bits. But yeah, the, the football comic strip that was the one that I was I reacquainted myself with yesterday, <laughs> and I just love the ending when is it Lucy? Yes, uh, when she pulls that no, out. That's Peppermint Patty. Oh, Peppermint isn't it? Patty. Yeah. yeah, when she pulls the football out from from Charlie, and he he misses it and hits the ground. Uh, and she says, I admire you, Charlie Brown. You have such faith in human nature that he knew she was going to pull the ball out. But yet he's still, he like runs with all gusto. And like, can we relate to that as, as human beings who are in what mm. we do? I mean, and, it, and it's not just people in ministry and pastors, but it's those who have a big heart and what you, what you do, like you want to help people. And you know that what's going to messy that up mm. from time to time is human nature. And it's going to make us second guess you know, what we love doing and helping other people, you know, mm. and so there's been times, I'm sure we've we've all felt that, but. So Charlie Brown, Baldy of stuff. the Week. If you have <coughs> any suggestions, feel free to email us. Send them. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to see mm-hmm. someone highlighted. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they have to have no hair. No hair. <laughs> That's the rule. That's good. There's a lot of <laughs> good people bald. out there yep. with hair. Yep. But. We're only highlighting bald people. There you go. National celebration. Mm. It is National Compliment Day. That would have been an easy one. You've we could just sit here doing awesome. I mean, I felt like you've just been complimenting oh, yeah. all morning. So I, I, I feel like that's like maybe a Christian thing to do. Yeah. Not pedal false compliments, sure. but we should probably speak well of one another. I think so too. We can that's a good idea. Each other. Absolutely. But that one would have been easy. Mm. Um, but I ran into one that mm. I thought was a little more interesting. So tomorrow is. Uh, uh, January 25th, I guess, is the celebration of the conversion of Mm. the Apostle Paul. Mm. Well, uh, over in the UK, they like to do some, celebrate some days leading up to this. And the one that I found very interesting is January 24th, which is today for us. Uh, You might have missed it if you're listening to this, but it's an interesting day. It's called Paul Pitcher Day, and it's celebrated annually on January 24th and is observed kind of in a peculiar manner. The people of Cornwall started this day to celebrate one of the most important events in Christian history, the Feast of the Conversion of St. Paul. They celebrate by drinking ale and destroying the empty pitchers. (laughs) Then they replace the pitchers with new ones and refill them with ale again. Hmm. Uh, This celebration occurs on the eve of the conversion of St. Paul, the uh, the famous hurl of this celebration is Paul's Eve, <laughs> and here's a heave. <laughs> oh. Have you ever heard of this? I haven't. This is, but I am delighted <laughs> to hear about this. This is one of the things I love about this bit is I I'm love. like forced to confront. Yeah. So this is maybe an international celebration, not so much a national celebration. Sure. No, but that's but. it's certainly welcome, and because you know we <laughs> we have friends, and hey, there are cousins across the pond, um, and. No, I just think now, as as I read that, I think there's some imagery mm. at play here, right? Mm. Because they're con- they're celebrating, they're getting ready to celebrate the conversion of Paul. So the old pitcher, like is you know, it's full of ale, mm-hmm. and so you know they're emptying that, they're drinking that, and then they smash it as a you know, it's like the old nature is gone. gone. What was there is gone, and here's a new pitcher, and it's filled up with new. Maybe you know Jesus would say with new wine, and so you know. So I, I like the imagery, if nothing yeah. else. 
now what happens after they drink and drink and drink and drink and the side effects of that i mean I, let's uh, hopefully they're sharing those pictures with others okay yeah i get on board with that maybe you got like like a a, a tap room full of people and emptying out those pictures you know isn't going to well yeah. yeah you're dividing it out amongst many people i do i do yeah i love i love that we can somehow turn the conversion of St. Paul and the celebration of yeah. that into a reason to drink more. Yeah. But it was an interesting day, I it thought. Yeah. And it was it is one that pointed me to the fact that there is uh, a celebration of the conversion of St. Paul, yeah. which is also yeah. I think worthwhile. So if you're so listening to this on the 25th, you mm-hmm. don't have to do Paul Pitcher Day because uh, that's passed you by. Yeah. But you could think about and celebrate the the conversion of St. Paul, yeah. um which is an important day because yeah. he became a figure in the the Christian church and someone God used in a great and amazing ways. And so I just thought we'd talk a little bit about, is there some part of his conversion story, um, and maybe even beyond that, just some Mm -hmm. part about him as a a figure that you find interesting, that you admire? Yeah. Talk to me about St. Paul a little bit. Yeah. What stands out, first of all, for me is how he was so uh, proud of his heritage mm-hmm. as, as a Jewish person, um, a Pharisee of Pharisee from the tribe of Benjamin, what, what is it, in Philippians, mm-hmm. where he lists his qualifications for being someone who you should listen to, you know? And, and then he finds Christ, and all of a sudden those qualifications don't really mean, in fact, he says they're, they're worthless. Mm. Does he compare him to a, to a trash heap or a something? Trash heap well, something I don't know. Yeah, it probably is a big pile of <laughs> steaming pile. Yeah, that's right. And so he says, all of those things to me, I, I count but loss. And and what becomes his sole purpose is is to know Christ and Christ crucified. And so the simplicity of somebody who is responsible for writing a good chunk of the the latter part of of the, the Bible that we read. You know, we read his words and we pick them apart and we go to the Greek and, and but it's the simplest things that he says that so often go go by without mm. as much of, you know, it's, it's so easy to complicate Paul, but if we really, I mean, he's really so simple and mm. his message is so simple, Christ and him crucified, and, um, and to, to know the power of Christ, to know the power of his... Uh, resurrection, mm. you know, was was his aim, and so I, yeah, I mean, I just think um, to to celebrate this one man who um, he would tell us in celebrating him, tell us not to celebrate him. <laughs> he would be the one to I say, am the chief of sinners, right? <laughs> so there's that, but of course, we as humans, we give credit to where where credit is due, and we think about from whence we have come. And uh, and certainly for the, everyone who who follows Jesus as Messiah, um, Paul is certainly a part of our our faith heritage. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah, and to say it, maybe say it in a way that that Paul would be okay with is is mm-hmm. the reason we celebrate him as it reminds us of the transformative power of the gospel. I like that. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. That and I think that's what <laughs> I love about him as a figure is the mm. the zeal mm-hmm. with which he persecuted. The Christian movement, when God got oh, yeah. a hold of him, yeah. it was like he had that same kind of zeal for the gospel of grace. He did. Like we're we've been kind of yeah. reading through Galatians in that men's study, mm. and just some of the things that he says, like when you compromise the gospel, when you add to it, 
I mean, he'll tell a church um, and Judaizers who are saying Gentiles needed to be circumcised in order to be saved that yeah. I wish you'd just emasculate yourself. Yeah. Like, he'd write things like that. Sure. And it was like, he took the gospel seriously. Or, hey, if anyone, including myself or an angel from heaven, tells mm. you to listen to a different gospel, yeah. like, may they be under God's curse. Yeah. Like, this is the, the passion that he had. Um and the other thing that's interesting is we don't—I mean, we get a little window into Gal- in Galatians about some of the story that happened after his conversion. You know, he spends some time in the wilderness. It's almost like he goes yeah. to seminary with, with Jesus, it sounds like. I don't sure. know. What, I would love to see what that was like. But the way—because he was so passionate about the Hebrew Bible even before he was converted. Yeah. But then the way that time with Jesus, that encounter with Jesus— reoriented how he understood and saw what the message of the same Hebrew Bible was oh, about. Yeah. Right. And it's just a reminder to me that there's there's a way to read that story mm. um, that mm-hmm. drives you towards Jesus, and then there's a way yeah. that I think is probably driven by wrong interpretation, but probably what Satan would have us do is to read the Bible in a, in a, a different manner, mm. to make it about yeah. somehow us living or striving to please God rather than seeing this one who would come save us from our souls and transform us so that we can live in a way that's actually, I, I think, probably more powerful and harder than living out the law, but um, I just, I love that his whole view on the scriptures was reoriented, and it's a reminder. um, It's been a challenge for me to to Mm kind of understand the whole Bible through that lens that Paul did, and so I think more and more, some of the things he, he... he says have been difficult over the years to yeah. like read it that way, but sure. I, the more time I spend and the more I get it, I go, okay, your yeah. your experience with Jesus really helped shape the way you read mm. this thing, which is cool. It's just a neat Love figure, it. man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's such a such a big big part of of um, you know. Every, I don't think there's ever a Sunday where most churches don't have something from Paul that mm. is read out loud. You know, that's talked about. Did you see? Um, the Apostle Paul, that movie? I didn't. Hmm. you got to watch it. It's pretty good. Yeah, there's some... I mean, they took some probably... I know they did church history and used probably some creative liberties, but mm-hmm. I thought they did a pretty faithful job um, in some areas. Where would but, one find that? Uh, Is it streaming somewhere? Or probably. To, okay. It would probably mm-hmm. be available somewhere. Okay. But um, what's his name? The Catholic actor. He played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Kvitzel? Jim? Yeah, J- uh, uh-huh. Jim Kvitzel. Uh-huh. That's right. He he plays Luke uh, in that. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's a, he's a part of it. But uh, mm. the guy who does Paul does a really good job. But the, the thing that was so neat in the way that they, they captured there is like, uh, the Apostle Paul, as he's like telling these stories and reliving, he often has nightmares of the people he like persecuted. Mm. And so he gets this vision of these mm. women and these children and these men that he, he helped slaughter. Yeah. And he's like kind of haunted by them. Well, at the very end of the movie, spoiler alert, um, when, when he gets beheaded, yeah. that vision comes into a fullness. And what you see is they're his welcoming committee into heavenly places. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it is such a powerful image. That is powerful. And I, I, mm. I just think that that's like, uh, I don't know, it was a real, mm. again, just him and his experience, that, that image of that was like, that is the, the beauty of the gospel. Love it. Is people that we've hurt or harmed. Um, mm. God can not only change us, but he can change 
and reconcile those kinds of relationships. Mm. I think that's the hope of good. the new creation. Amen. Amen. All yeah. right, let's yeah, do that's it. Good. This Cheers. day in history. Man. This is big. This, Jan- is, this, is, this is kind this of big. Is, like, I, I don't think we probably appreciate how big this is. January 24, 1984. Ooh, I Apple? was not yet born yet. I was like a few months Man, away. I was a baby. <laughs> I was less than a year old. Apple Computer Incorporated mm. unveils its revolutionary Macintosh personal computer. Praise the Lord. Brother. <laughs> that's we are going on what? Four almost forty years yeah, of Apple then. That's hard to believe. Forty years of Apple. Hard to believe. Wow. What's the most memorable piece of Apple technology for you? Oh man. It, I mean it's gotta be uh the one when I was in first grade in nineteen Math is hard. 1989, <laughs> 1990. Yeah, math is hard. Um, when we played the Oregon Trail. Oh. And I don't know which one that would have been. On like a floppy disk? Yeah, it was a when? floppy disk. And it was the black screen and the green um, lettering and, and graphics. And, if you know, if you did your work and you were good, then the teacher would release us in groups of four to go to the library. Or there was a point in time where... Our classroom got one of those computers on like a traveling, or maybe it was just taken from class to class. Okay. And so you you traveled the Oregon Trail in groups of like three or four. You know, mm. you put your name in there, and uh, oh my gosh, it was just so. That's that is as far as the most memorable piece of Apple technology. Um, I think that one is most memorable. But I will say, I think even like. I'd be tempted to say the iPhone because there's so much that it does, mm. and it combines so many things that we would have used singularly before the iPhone. But I've got to say the podcast, or the, the, not the podcast, the, the, uh, the iPod. iPod. You're going from CD players, mm. uh, Walkman kind of things, to all of a sudden having music on this little... I mean, I, think, I still think an iPod is probably even better than, than this. I think, but I'll, I'll never forget loading up my iPod on, on before going on trips and putting podcasts on there and music on there and just like the night before going on a trip and stress about getting it all, all on, on there, there and running out of time. I, what color was yours? It was it was like a metallic silver kind of. Okay, kinda I think I, it must have been my wife's had the green one. Oh, okay. and so that that's the piece for me that I remember. Mm-hmm. Like, just sticks out as yeah. kind of being something that was so different and iconic in my mind. Mm. And I know they've done some things that are probably even more influential than that sure. one. But that one with the little clicker wheel. Oh, like the, the wheel, yeah. yeah, yeah the wheel. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was a great piece of technology. It was. And it was. You could have an entire li- – no longer did you need the big CD cases. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The library of those, like – I mean, I don't know how yeah. many, like, CD yeah. folders I had. Just obsolete. And that, yeah. All on this little – little device. So Apple. The world changed so much at that at that time period. Man. More than we'll ever know. And I was listening to a uh, a podcast or I was listening <laughs> it was uh, Chris Cuomo who used to be on mm. CNN. He was uh, interviewing Dr. Phil uh on his latest, you know, he's got his own little show thing going on. And Dr. Phil was talking about um when the smartphone came out in 2008, 2009. 
And all of the statistics that we're seeing from that point on, the technologies, of course, Apple plays a part in that. They're not the only ones responsible for that. But, well, I mean, was the iPhone the, were, really the first? I mean, that was the big... That was the one that came out first, and everybody yeah. else was trying to catch up with the iPhone at that yeah. point. And that, Wow. So... Yeah, and since Steve Jobs has been gone, they haven't been quite mm-hmm. the, as innovative. But he was, uh, I mean, he was a figure, man. So um, Pastor um, ha- Hamilton out in Church of the Resurrection, mm. they are doing a, a series right now on Sunday mornings called What the Tech? And they're talking about how technology can be used uh, in cooperation with our discipleship mm. and how it can be used to distract us from our discipleship. And so all of all of that stuff. And uh, that's such a better name for a series. <laughs> I did digital discipleship, <laughs> and that's lame. <laughs> what the tech? Yeah. And so he, uh, at least there was one Sunday, I don't know if he's done this every Sunday, but he has collected all of the Apple stuff going back to 1984. He's got every single Apple piece of technology. And he's had it up there on the platform as he's preaching, you know, and he's talking about the different eras of technology, specifically from Apple, um, and how, you know, anyway, so it's just been really, really cool to see all of those old pieces of technology uh, that have been used through the years. And that, that at some point in time when they came out, they were considered revolutionary. They yeah. were considered just like state of the art. Mm. And... And then, you know, now it's like something comes out, and it doesn't take very long before it's already outdated. Sure. I mean, you know, you, I think we turned on the – got a Samsung TV uh, in the social hall, 85-inch, and the first time we turned it on, it was due for its first <laughs> software upgrade, right? That's the first thing it wanted to do was upgrade the software. So uh, – Anyways, that's uh, how it goes. Well, and it is interesting just how native it's becoming to a generation. It's like my yeah. seven-year-old was casting something to the TV, mm. where it was. What did my wife say? It was like, "How did you do that?" Because we're trying to get the, our phones to do that, like in our bedroom for a while. And he's just like, "I just did it." Like, all right, great. I'm gonna have to spend four hours watching YouTube videos to try to figure it out. <laughs> my right. seven-year-old doesn't even know, it just makes sense to him. Yeah. But. Welcome. So wow. anyway, I, I this is a moment good. that I think we look back on, and yeah. I don't think we understand the significance of how much Very. this has shaped our world. Mm. Um, so anyway. It's the new industrial revolution, and it's not ending anytime soon. No, it's not. It's just picking up steam. Oh, man. Picking anyway. up steam. Yeah, there's a lot of good, a lot of scary stuff just about to it, too. Pray for wisdom. There we go. So we had a great service this week. Mm. And I'm just, my first question is, what was the highlight for Sunday for you? <clears throat> so f- for the message in particular, when I started working on that last week, mm-hmm. I didn't know exactly what direction I was going to go, because it's easy to lean into the calling of the, the first disciples, and that's what I've done in the past, and you can take that so many ways. Um, but then as I was digging into m- my lectionary um, book that sort of takes all of the lectionary scriptures mm-hmm. for that Sunday and kind of ties it together. I was reading the Isaiah 9 commentary, mm-hmm. and they were talking about the history of Zebulun and Naphtali. Mm. And I was like, I've never thought about... Like, like it's, I just always uh, read past that sure. to get to the calling of the first disciples. And so then that led me on the uh, sort of digging down deeper into what is the, what is the significance of Jesus moving... Mm into that territory, you know, and then, of course, and it went into this whole, well, so Jesus, before even moving to Zebulun and Naphtali, he's already in the region of Galilee anyways, 
Um, but then that idea of him, Jesus of Nazareth, and then one of the one of the, the the light bulb moments for me was that Jesus of Nazareth follows Jesus through John's Gospel mm. in particular. Like that's something that even takes him to the cross, where there's the sign placed above his head, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. And then I was curious. I was like, well, do the other Gospels include that? Mm. And, and the other writers just say have you know just says that uh, the King of, he's the King of the Jews, right? And so. I, I, it was just just interesting uh, mm-hmm. for me to to see that and to make that connection about what is John saying by connecting Jesus to Nazareth throughout his gospel, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so then that sort of led to this idea that man Jesus is as he moved into Zebulun and Naphtali, he's he's moving amongst the people who are broken and hurting and have lived through dark times through centuries, mm-hmm. um, and so that's the same thing that Jesus is doing. Today, Jesus is moving into the dark places of our world. He's coming to live and to dwell, to you use the word tabernacle, mm-hmm. he tabernacles with us. And so that was ultimately the, the, the big, you know, what I wanted to, to say, you know, on Sunday. It is funny, like, I, uh, is it Michael Heiser? One, I, he's one of my favorite biblical scholars, mm-hmm. and he'll, um, he'll say, if it's weird, it's probably important. Mm. I feel like there's yeah. a lot of these scenes in the Gospels yeah. where it's like, we, we again, and it's one of the reasons I appreciate the lectionary too, is mm-hmm. it, it makes mm-hmm. these connections for you. Like, oh, yeah. okay, there's something, there's a reason that he drew out that particular detail or mentioned those spaces connecting it to Isaiah, which connects you to a whole world of Absolutely. what God is doing. Um, but I love that they do mm-hmm. that. Like, one, one that kind of reminded me a little bit of what you were talking about thematically is in Luke when he. Um, he gives you like all the people of power. So it's like in the year of whoever the governor was, Caesar Augustus. And basically he like takes you through all these like powerful people's palaces because you're kind of almost like, why do I care about this? Mm-hmm. But I think thematically what he's doing is, is he's, he's showing you um, all the people that sit on the throne in places of power, and then all of a sudden he takes you out to the wilderness mm. where John the Baptist is mm. heralding the message of the good news. Yeah. And it's it is, it's another way the gospel writers emphasize the upside-down nature of the kingdom of God, and I thought yeah. he did a beautifully jo- beautiful job yeah. unpacking a lot of that this week. I appreciate that. I felt like second service was, was better uh, than the first service, and so uh, that's the one that I actually uploaded to you. Nice, <laughs> nice. But, uh, you know, also, you know, so we had, it was a snow day on Sunday, mm. and so that affects the mood a little bit. You know, sure. there's less folks in there, um, and of course, right before 1045 started, I didn't know if we were <laughs> going to have service there was or like, not. There were like but, two people. Yeah, there were two people, and so I was thinking, well, if it's just going to be the staff and us and the two people, let's have prayer with them, let's do communion. Uh, and and then, and then call it good. And then we had a few families come in, um, and it, so it was it was certainly a lighter crowd in a service that's that there's already a lighter crowd anyways. Yeah. And so um, ended up taking the a music stand and instead of preaching up, up yeah. you know far away from everybody, kind of brought it down amongst them. And then as I did that, it sort of it, that's sort of what I was saying in the message. Jesus yeah. is like coming like to to the people, you Absolutely. know, living in darkness and bringing light. And uh, mm. and that and, and, and there were some folks that were there that um, the message I, I know in that smaller service the one that was like well what's what's this worth you know that they needed to be there for that you know and that message was was for them and so it was just a good reminder for me that man how often 
you know, do we from the outside appearances judge, you know, things from, you know, how many people are in the service right now, mm. you know, and or judge it by, you know, you come to church on a Sunday morning and the sun's out and it's beautiful weather and people are feeling good, but you come on a Sunday to worship and it's gray mm. and it's cold and it's snowy. Um, and so just kind of having a change of mindset sometimes is good. Um, and, and the Lord showing us how he works in seemingly insignificant, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. settings, you know. Absolutely. In, in our minds, so. I think it's, is it, uh, I know you've been reading some Calvin Miller, but I think it's in his mm-hmm. preaching book that you got on your shelf mm-hmm. over there where he talks That's about right. viewing, again, that sermon and, and Sunday service kind of at mm-hmm. times as... Um, Almost like a, a medical ward mm-hmm. that there are people who are coming in, and it doesn't matter if there's a hundred of them or three of them. Yeah. If there's wounds to be bound, yeah, it's like get busy yeah. and do the work. Give them the salve. It's good from the word. But mm. anyway, I like That's it was. I really did enjoy uh, that Sunday. I think mm. a part of it for me too is as I again was in the lectionary text. It's kind of fun. I, like I just kind of resolved in my spirit, both for the prayer time and the table, to that just say, really "You know what? Yeah. I'm gonna use these." Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lord, I'm gonna assume that, that like, yeah. like since we're just kind of working through that, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna th- be creative. Mm-hmm. What I'm gonna do is read yeah. these and let those kind of guide yeah. the reflection. And that's just there's something about freeing about that, and that I'm just like I'm gonna trust the Spirit of God to to use this. That's good. Um, and do, and do my best to un- just unpack what's there. I enjoyed than... what how you took First Corinthians and and talked about, uh, you know, it's at the communion table, and you know that's the center of our worship experience. Mm-hmm. And how you took what was happening in Corinth with the um, the you know centering people's selves around Paul or Apollos or Cephas, and how the weekly observance of the table. Really is is anti, mm. you know, setting up human people. But that's like, if if that's not central, if that's not important, um, then it can easily become, you know, someone or a person or whatever a personality, mm-hmm. and it can so easily become that even without even trying, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be. And and so, it, perhaps you know that's something that we need to hear every Sunday is that when we come to worship. On any given week, um, we're, we're not coming to to be um, consumers, but to be participants in what God is doing mm-hmm. in the service. Um, yeah, so yeah, I definitely appreciate it. I mean, it really kind of brought home the importance of uh, of the table being that equalizer. And I mean, as Paul says, "Did was I crucified <laughs> right for you?" You know, I thought that was. A, was a powerful well and that is scripture. I mean you think about how many people probably choose a church based on who the the regular preacher is sure and again I'm thankful a lot of those guys are it's not even that they have the wrong heart or doing anything sure. necessarily wrong but yeah. I one of the things I love about taking communion every week is it gives us an opportunity to always point people back to that yeah. um, and that be that reminder I think it was uh, was it Francis Chan mm-hmm. where he I mean he harped on that and that that one message that he gave just about yeah. how um, it's very easy for the pulpit or the sermon. And I, like, I'm all about the Word of God. But sure. The, it, that all points us to back sure. to Jesus. Right. And I think right. that the table is the thing that highlights that more than anything else. Right, right. Um, and yeah. again, I've just, I've run in circles 
most of my ministry career before mm. uh, coming here, where again you might take communion once a month, once sure. a quarter, once a quarter, and yeah. the sermon was right. the thing. Right, and I've, yep. like I've been a little convicted about that. Mm. Like um, just going I, again. That's uh, that's that's important. It sure. needs to be done. Sure, that's, that's a regular practice that I think is done throughout the church for yeah. most uh, all of church history. Mm. Um, but it cannot. If it overtakes the person of Jesus and the worship of Jesus, sure. and again our our communion and fellowship with Him and each other, man, I, it can become an idol in a way. Yeah. So yeah, no, it goes it goes back to that. I, I think I sent it to you in a text. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. The um, quote from uh, Dan White Jr. <laughs> saw this on Twitter. He said, I'm not all that interested in future church trends or new growth mm. techniques, which is funny because I've been reading a lot of that stuff over the last few weeks and months and stuff. And he says, for 2,000 years, the most relevant church has always been the one gathering around a table, caring for their neighborhood, and following the words and the ways of Jesus. So connecting table with the word and then mission somehow finding a way to make those all work together and sync together, and if those are the main ingredients in what we're doing mm. as a church, um, if, if, you know, let the, let the rest fall where it may, but let's be faithful to those things as best we can. And, <sighs> Man, I, that, he raises something that I wrestle with, because it's mm. like we go to, I mean, all these conferences and stuff, and mm. most of it yeah. is... <laughs> trends and... Trends and strategies uh-huh. and all, like, and I don't know, like, there might I'm be sure. a place for that, but I, yeah, I wrestle yeah. with it, like, well, this is what Paul shares yeah. with the Corinthians, going like, yeah. I... I preach a message that seems like foolishness to the world, so yeah. I don't sap it of its power. Mm. And I'm wondering, like, I, mm. just because it works, mm. is it right? Yeah, that's a that's a good. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I, I and I, I don't want to just throw the baby out with the bathwater on some of those things. But I sure, trust I me, you. every church conference yeah. I've ever gone to, I wrestle with that because I'm like. <laughs> sure. I just don't know if when I read yeah. my Bible that that's what it says that we should be focusing on as ministries and churches and. Sure. But I don't know. So Again, it's easy. I'll continue to, to wrestle with that. I'm sure for years to come. Easy to <laughs> to really complicate it to 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 overcomplicate what we're called to do as the church. And um, yeah, I'll confess. I mean, that's 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 hard, man. I mean, it's, it's hard. Anyone mm. anyone who's who's serving in a church, um, you, you're just. It's so easy to to let um, what's happening in in the world and, and culture around us dictate what's most important to us yeah. and to fight culture wars and to fight. Um, but man, to, to say, man, what, what are we going to be most faithful to in the midst of, of a world that's always changing and it's always been changing? Right. What are we going to be most faithful to? What, what are we tethering ourselves to so that when the world changes yeah. and time passes and technology comes and goes, um, that we're standing on, on rock, yeah. uh, rock, uh, rocky ground. Well, I think that's it. It's, it's making sure you don't define success as you know any sort of growth, whether sure. it be financial or numbers yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Because um, here's the thing: if God blesses ministry like that because guys were faithful to sure. doing that set of things that He just mentioned, awesome. Yeah. And at the same time, there's probably a lot of churches that will be faithful to those <laughs> yes, set of things that right. will will be middling little churches that yeah. uh, faithfully try to serve Jesus. Absolutely. On you know on their yeah. way into eternity. Yeah. And. Allowing God to mm. to bless however He sees fit, yeah. whether that just be mm. through um, 
you know, transforming a small group of people to Christ-likeness over time, or seeing these like huge, wonderful works um, that that God does, mm-hmm. and allowing allowing the Spirit of God to do that. And I just I, th- I think of like the the apostles in Acts going, you know, some guys get set free from prison, mm-hmm. yeah, and he rescues yep. them, you know, by sending an angel, right. Some of them, like James, get beheaded mm. or killed, mm. and it's no one was more or less faithful. Right? It was God chose to do yeah. one thing in one circumstances, one in the other. And I think there's a sure. lot of that. We don't have room for that. Agreed. Like Agreed. we either get mm-hmm. jealous and go, "Oh, those guys must be compromising the gospel because uh-huh. they grew sure. big." Sure. Well, that's <laughs> sure. that's not yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at the same time, it's easy to yeah. look down our nose yeah. if there is success going, well, if you just did things right, yeah. you would have the kind of success yeah. I have. Oh, well, yeah. now like you're taking credit cutter. for something you should probably credit to the Holy Spirit, brother. For sure. Um, man, so. that's, that's, isn't that the truth, man? <laughs> I mean, come Holy Spirit, man. That's it. And that's it. We just got to be sensitive and obedient. Mm. Let's just do that. Mm. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. What's coming up this week? Um, So Tanya is preaching on Sunday. Every fall there is a Sunday called Stand Sunday, and it is um, uh, goes along with the organization called the Christian Alliance for. uh, Gosh, I'm gonna mess this up. The Christian Alliance for Orphans, I want to say. So I mean, it's really what it is. It's it's a Sunday to to remind the church of the the need Mm. um, for. Ministering to um, families who are going through the adoptive, fostering things like that, um, making us aware of the needs all around us and in communities all around us. How many kids are living living in foster care, mm. um, adoptive families, um, and and also helping people to understand that you don't have. I mean, like if God calls you to to adopt a child, foster a child, n- then do that. Um, if 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 not, then there are other ways that we can join together um, and and support families who are going through that. Because they know? can't do it on their own. They that need 100%. a team of people around yep. them. Yeah. Yep. So and so that's what Stand Sunday. A big yeah. part of it is, and of course, a lot of stuff that Tanya does, as as you know, um, working with Care Portal mm-hmm. and and other agencies within St. Joe. So much of it is connected to uh, caring well for our kids um, who are either don't have a family or are being are in an adopted family or they're you know in, in foster care so yeah. broken families broken kids and so yeah just a Sunday to really let let Tanya kind of just share her heart mm-hmm. uh, with with the church and and then see how God might move people to mm-hmm. respond and get involved in the very many ways that there are to um, bring the gospel to hurting situations here in St. Joe. Absolutely. And it's such a great thing to do, because that's a big deal throughout the Scripture, right? Taking care <sighs> yeah. of the vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. And the, the quartet of the vulnerable, yeah. one quarter of that is, is mm-hmm. you know, references the orphan. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think that's such a great way to highlight that need. Mm. And the people of God have always been called to yeah. minister well to that. Yeah. And, I mean, one of the things that brought a lot of God's judgment was the neglect of that. Yeah. And so letting that challenge us and... I mean, we've talked a little bit about why Christianity blew up in the first century, and yep. one was their 
their treatment of yeah. orphans and widows and being a place that took those in and caring for for yeah. those those people and so yeah um i don't know if it's that much again it's n- mm-hmm. you always say it's not that complicated yeah. it can just be difficult yeah v- yeah um, difficult for sure yeah mm-hmm. but not that complicated if yeah. we'll minister to the vulnerable we could see the spirit of god probably yeah. really move and I think so and people are watching when they see that man mm-hmm. it's like he'll have a way of drawing people who yeah. are affluent and all that through seeing people care for those who who are just don't have a lot of support in their lives so yeah yeah, when I mean we we are whole life if we are whole life uh, we're pro life if we're you know we care for life from womb to tomb mm. you know we we've got to be people who can care for people in, in all those circumstances because that's what Jesus that's what Jesus modeled and yeah he's like a you god said. of life mm-hmm. like you saying yeah amen yeah. Well, why don't yeah. we close with it? Well, we got some upcoming events. Super Bowl. Um, again, we're raising. Uh, it's just bring in your canned goods, your dry goods, uh, hygiene items. Uh, our pastor has thrown out three thousand items. I think we're over five hundred, six hundred in there. So I think I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, well, well, I, I think noticed, that's what I yeah. saw. Yeah, that's, that's a good start. Um, so keep bringing it in. Um, again, in the social hall, you can drop those off if you're in town here. Uh, and this Sunday. Uh, you come out and support Stand Sunday, but you can also get a pancake breakfast mm-hmm. from the youth group. Yes, um, looking forward to that. And so, yeah, we'll do that and feed you. Um, mm. Again, we're just kind of raising awareness. Uh, again, you can give a love offering or donation if you want, but really we just want the youth to interact with the church a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, is our hope. That's awesome. And so well, let's close with this. Since uh, Let's pray for those in our community, brother. If I'll, I'll have you pray for yeah, yeah those, those who are, uh, again, the foster and adoption, yeah. those people who are on the front lines of caring for, for, sure. for the, the vulnerable there. Just lift them up for us, brother. Let's do that. <clears throat> Gracious Lord, you are a God of, of compassion uh, who moves into human needs. Uh, your kingdom is a kingdom that um, comes into our everyday lives, into our towns, into our cities, and you do that through the way that uh, your people, the church, um, care to the extent that, that we care and are compassionate. Um, Lord, the, the world sees your care and your compassion. And so, Lord, today we want to lift up to you uh, families. Um, we're specifically praying for uh, St. Joe and in, in the region here, but Lord, as those there are others who are listening to this podcast, wherever they live, Lord, as they lift up the names of their towns and cities, uh, the places where they live, Lord, may your Holy Spirit, um, we, we pray that you would empower and and give uh, boldness to your church to, to know, Lord, it, it, what we're facing in our culture, uh, the brokenness of, of homes and families and the things that our kids are facing, kids of all ages, uh, elementary and junior high and, and high school, uh, the things that they're facing, these are some huge challenges, and it could be very easy to um, become discouraged at, at the, the darkness around us. And so, Lord, remind us the power of the light um, that you have placed in our lives, um, that, that no small thing that we can do uh, to help one another, to encourage one another, to go out into our communities and, and to be your hands and your feet. There's nothing too small that's going to go wasted. Uh, there's no seed that we're going to plant today that uh, will go wasted. And so, Lord, uh, use your church. Use us individually for those who are listening today, Lord. 
you've planted gifts in, into their lives. You've given them a passion to serve in various ways. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would give them open doors to, to serve you, whether it's in foster care, adoptive care, uh, circling around a family, uh, parents who are going through that, whatever it is, Lord. Um, we pray that your church um, would be used by you to, to make a difference just in this area, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, brother. Yeah, thank you for Absolutely. that thoughtfulness. Sure. Well, folks... Have a great week, and beware of the bears. Grace and peace out.